0: StoryGram Network. Hosting for this podcast is generously provided by Transistor at transistor.fm.
1: Hi, my name is Laura Lee, and this is It's Not About Food. So, it's not about food, and it's not about weight. What is it about? Everything else. Because it's never, ever about food. Or wait, never, ever, not even, one time, not ever, ever, ever. Hello, everyone. This is Lori Lee Rourke from It's Not About Food podcast. And today we're going to talk about honoring. And the front of the body love card is the goddess kneeling on her yoga mat And uh, her deer is getting down is also sort of like in a prayer position or a namaste or a sort of just honoring our life and ourselves and our world and each other, really. So in the back of the card, it reads, honoring means understanding we are sacred beings and our bodies are sacred. They are not objects to be sculpted and forced to meet cultural ideals. They are not a commodity to manipulate in order to measure our self-worth. By de-objectifying and creating reverence for our bodies, we become free to experience the wisdom, magnificence, and magic of our bodies. So for me, in my recovery and with my work with women and men over the last A billion years, it feels like, since 1985, really, that I felt at some point, my life must be worth more than just trying to weigh a certain amount or look a certain way or wear a certain size. But that's the world I grew up in. And so many of my clients, that's the world they grew up in. So to honor my body as sacred, it was like, I don't think so. (laughs) You know, I I was raised that uh, the body was not really that great. (laughs) You know, what was great was our brains and our spirit and not in a good way. So I wasn't raised body, mind and spirit are all great and all working together and all holistic and all sacred. I was going with, if I could think my way through a problem and, or I could pray about a problem, but I certainly couldn't take my own self by my hand and say, what is it that you need to be or do or have, or what are your dreams? I didn't ask those questions about myself. So at my recovery and then my work is sort of letting people free to be themselves and to have their bodies be their bodies, however way they want to weigh, whatever they want to look like, taking care of themselves completely and understandably, taking care of their body, their mind, and their spirits. And that's the magic, isn't it? I mean, we go against our cultural ideals and find our own ideals within ourselves. So I am honored to have Mindy on the program here and she and I are going to talk about honoring and one of the things she said is that we're going to have a great talk about honoring. (laughs) She told me that yesterday and I agree. So let me introduce her and she can tell us about herself and what she is doing about honoring and all her work and everything that she does. So welcome Mindy.
0: Thank you, Lorelie. I am honored to be here with you today and to have this opportunity to speak to something that I have a soul-driven passion for, and that is helping women to connect to the wisdom of their bodies so that they can not only honor their bodies, but honor the stories that got them to this place good bad and ugly we need to honor the messages we were given because of the messenger that delivered them to honor ourselves and our stories is to accept them find compassion for them and lovingly let go of what needs to be let go of what we can no longer honor as it relates to the story so that we're not attached To those parts of the story that have come to define us and let us down this path of disempowerment and lack of honor.
1: And how did you come to be here with this idea? Because again, I know where I got the idea that I could honor my body. In the 70s, I read books. The first one was Fat is a Feminist Issue, which blew my mind. Took me forever to sort of put that in practice, but it was the first step on that path. So what happened to you that you would come up with this or did you have it already?
0: Oh no, I was a total disconnect. And from listening to you share a bit about your story, I sense we are of the same generation. So I came up, was born in the 50s to an Ozzy and Harriet lifestyle. I started to learn about how my body can be manipulated and sculpted and changed essentially in the 60s. And like many people, who fall prey to eating disorders, my experience started with a diet. And I say that with the caveat that not everybody who goes on a diet is going to develop an eating disorder or a disordered relationship with food, but I haven't met in my two decades of practice anybody who has eating challenges that haven't started with a diet.
1: That is so true. And I tell that to people and they, well, I've been going to the same diet place for many years and it's the one that works for me. And I say, well, what about it is working <laughs> You know, if you're still going? Yes, I, I
0: love that. <laughs> I was going to say that my favorite line is if you were such a perfect diet, why are you still
1: doing it? <laughs> Because don't you get to stop? Just be okay with who you are and listen to the body that you have and what it wants to eat. To me now it's simple, but at the time it wasn't simple.
0: But you know, that's really the bottom line of all of this. The bottom line of diet culture, the bottom line of disordered eating, which clinically speaking, we all know that disordered eating is eating disorder to a lesser degree. Exactly. But I've come to reframe that The disordered eating is basically misguided behavior that is driven by misinformation.
1: I love that. That is so true.
0: Right. But what is the common thread for chronic dieters, for bingers, for occasional overeaters? There's a disconnect between mind and body. And where there's a disconnect, that conversation is lost, right? Right. Invite your body to the table as an honored guest, there's the word honor again, and that speaks to going back to who are you as an eater? How are you eating? Why are you eating? When are you eating? What were the messages that you received that create a
1: context
0: within which the disordered and dysfunctional behaviors evolved?
1: Yes. And the honoring of ourselves is to put ourselves first and not in an egocentric way or narcissistic way, but just take care of me first. If I give water out of the well to everyone and I don't get a drink of water, then I'm not taking care of me as another person in the community. And the same thing is like when you go on an airplane and they say, put the mask on your face if we lose oxygen and then help everybody around you. And when I first heard that, I was young and I thought to myself, oh, that seems very selfish (laughs) because I was taught, may I be of service always, 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 you know? So I'm curious about what were your messages about that, about, you know, asking yourself if you're hungry, you know, or are you full? Or what do you want? What do you need? Where do you want to go? The messages I
0: interpreted, and I use that word interpret intentionally, because I was one of three daughters, and each of us developed a different relationship with food. So perhaps it was birth order, I was the first born, and my parents were male children. When I came into the world. My mother was 18, my father was 21. So there definitely was a lot of skill to be developed and learned. And I guess they were
1: full on. So nice of a way to put that.
0: (laughs) So what I interpreted was that feelings really didn't count. They weren't to be expressed. It was too uncomfortable to talk about anything that wasn't wonderful. And what that meant for me was to be quiet, not ask for anything, stay out of the way, however, excel at everything. And because the message at home was very much tied to success and beauty and image, that translated into the image that I was presenting to the world of my body. It became important for me to be the thinnest one in the room to show up in a way that i believed whether it was true or not would be accepted so i could feel secure and safe in that environment within which i grew up when things weren't going properly i didn't feel safe storygram network welcome to one media one media i'm
1: when <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's a place I like to call The Bleed.
1: My name is Laura Lee, and this is It's Not About Food. The art of being yay isn't just something he developed.
0: Storygram Network.
1: I have so many stories of clients and myself of being rewarded with how we looked And not on who we were as people, what our spirit was, what our creativity was. For me, I did not grow up in a house that really cared very much about grades. I did grow up in a house that cared very much about looks. (laughs) And I think my mom must have grown up in that same kind of household because she was on a diet as long as I knew her. And even though she was beautiful and had a beautiful figure, she was very voluptuous and that was not okay at some point.
0: But you know, that speaks to, we fast forward to today, speaks to how easy it is for most to give them their selves up or value their self-worth, source their self-worth by something outside of themselves. Whether it be a scale, or a home, or a car. A boyfriend. we're (laughs) We're really living in a culture that values comparison before it values connection. So if we can't connect to a value system, then how are we supposed to connect to ourselves? And when we talk about loving our bodies, I'm not talking about... Loving what we see in the mirror. Trust me, at 67 years old, I do not always love what I see in the mirror. <laughs> but it's how we treat our bodies with love and respect and acceptance and compassion and come to it with a mindset of abundance. All our bodies have not only done for us, but what they've withstood. When I think about the abuse that I put my body through, and yet it's still allowed me to give birth to two magnificent women beautiful, and to be able to run with and hug my eight magnificent grandchildren. Wow. That's worth loving. That's worth loving. And that's where we need to reframe how we think about our bodies. We all receive one yeah. and whether we like it or hate it, this is where we will reside until they are no longer on this earth. So we can best serve our clients by educating them, by helping them quiet the noise, clear the clutter, and connect to that very part of them where there is no fear. There is only love and deep knowledge.
1: Yeah. I was thinking, I was going to say, as I teach my younger girls and boys of that, if you don't take care of the body that you have, you're not going to be able to be here, (laughs) you know, because you have to have this in order to be here. You have to have a body and you might as well get used to it and like it and love it and take care of it because it's going to hopefully be around, you're going to be around for a long time. And you can see the little light bulb go off because like many teenagers, I also thought that at some point I would get a better, different body. I would look more like I wanted to look. Somehow that was going to happen. And so I think that we're always looking for the future, our future self, when we look better, when we're richer, when we have better stuff, whatever it is, instead of coming back to the moment, it's pretty good right now. It's really good right now. So let's stay with that.
0: But everything you're saying is so spot on. Unfortunately, some of the people that we are truly blessed to work with need to go deeper. Oh, for sure. Right. To look at the story. Yeah. Look at their identity. Because very often what I find people doing first is doing recovery before they become recovered right? And there's a difference between doing recovery and being recovered. Doing recovery is showing up, whether it's to our appointments or to their medical team, eating the food they're being told to eat, right? Working on their feelings with their therapist, going for weekly weigh-ins, vitals. But being recovered requires an internal shift. And That internal shift needs to come before one can truly honor themselves, therefore honor the body. Recovery is very relational. Our relationship to self is reflected in our relationship to everything else, whether it be food or body, self-worth, how we relate to others, how we move, how we sleep.
1: Yes. And I think about what's going on in the world right now, in our little world. And it's hard to be a woman right today. I certainly don't feel honored in the culture that we live in because of that, because of what just happened. But other than I have lots of friends who are feeling exactly the same way as me. So that makes me feel better that I'm not just out there on a limb by myself. But, you know, I feel like we need to stick together even more than we have and remind ourselves and each other that we're still really valuable. Even if rights get taken away, we're valuable.
0: You know, you were talking about how difficult it is to be a woman. Yeah. For those of us that
1: of the same
0: opinion, and I am with you on this, and the truth is that we all need to feel honored, the same way we all need to feel safe and that we belong and we need to feel connected but going back to what we were talking about when we started our conversation is it's very difficult to connect to the world authentically when we're not connected
1: to ourselves that's right that is so true and to get that connection you know it shouldn't but it does take a lot of work i find though if you get people you know young enough it's not that long since they were connected with themselves when they were babies or little little kids, little tiny kids. They don't have to go back through years of messages, you know, maybe some messages, but not as many as when you, you try to get recovered in your 30s or 40s or 70s, you know. So I find that once these teenagers that I work with a lot of the time, once they get it, that their body is a precious friend, and themselves, they themselves are honored guests in their own self. They don't lose it. I hear from them years after, and they're struggling like everybody else in the world with a million different things, but that's not one of them.
0: Yeah, that's a true gift that you're giving them. To that point, honoring our bodies connecting to the wisdom of our bodies i think we need also to take a deep look at the conventional recovery model because where it comes to nutrition patients and people in treatment are being told that they need to commit to eating all foods in order to be fully recovered and that number one in my world is extremely disempowering. And I think that it's not helping them to connect to the wisdom of their bodies. It's doing anything but because after years of restricting, binging, possibly purging, the gut microbiome is not equipped to handle all kinds of food. So we need to help our clients connect to the wisdom of their bodies and you know, on a much deeper level than just accepting what they
1: look like. Exactly. Carol and I, my business partner and co-author, named our book It's Not About Food many years ago, you know, when nobody even said something like that and I tell my clients that are just now relearning how to eat or relearning how to honor their body or their self or their all parts of themselves that they might need help. Because if they were a professional dieter like I was, I had all kinds of diets all squished together. So really, at the end of my eating disorder, I really couldn't eat anything. (laughs) You know, nothing was going to be okay. And you're right, my stomach was a mess. And it took a long time for it to heal. A long time. And, you know, I'm one of those people keep a lot of her feelings in her tummy, and a lot of my clients do too. I still, at 71, notice there's things I can't eat because I can't digest it anymore, whatever. So it's okay. I just listen to that. And if I have a stomach ache after eating or I feel horrible, that's probably not okay. And it's not that I'm on a diet. It's just... Isn't this interesting? My body no longer wants this food or maybe never has wanted this food. So okay, what how where's abundance there? What can I have instead?
0: Exactly. And to teach our clients that to choose not to eat a food that doesn't contribute to making you feel your best
1: is not restricting. It's making an empowered choice. That is exactly right. This is choosing for you. That's what we all want. (laughs) We want the choice. We get to have the choice, you know. So tell me, are you having any workshops or how can people get a hold of you to do this work? I'm sure you're doing Zoom or telehealth or whatever. Yes, I'm doing telehealth, which really has been a blessing
0: because it allows me to be of service to women all over the world, actually. And from coast to coast here in the States, I have a website, thefreedompromise.com. I have a wonderful guide there that details my signature framework, The Seven Steps to Food Freedom and that they can find there. And actually on July 21st, I am hosting a live masterclass with health means that I'd be very happy to share that link with you. And we can invite as many of your listeners uh, that would choose to come. I'm going to be talking about how to stop fearing food and embrace a nourishing relationship with eating. We all know how to diet. Very few of us know how to eat.
1: Can you read the card just for today for us? Today,
0: I will experiment with looking at my body and other people's bodies as if they are sacred and full of wisdom. I will stop treating my body like an object and start respecting my body's wisdom, beauty, and magic. Throughout the day, I will practice honoring my body's wisdom.
1: I want to do that today, too. (laughs) You know, I want us all to do that today. Yes. Thank you very much, Mindy, for being on my show today. And really good luck with all of your stuff. You are really helping The ripple effect of what you do is indeed honoring all of us. And I really, really appreciate you for being here and for being on the earth. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you. I so appreciate what you're doing as well. And again, I am honored to have had this opportunity to be with you and to know you.
1: Oh, me too. Thank you very much. And we will see each other in the trenches. (laughs) I hope so. Thank you. Thank you for listening. And be sure and follow me on Patreon, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and it's notaboutfood.com. Thanks.